As the COVID-19 pandemic winds down in the United States, more than two dozen states have elected to suspend or opt out of offering federal unemployment supplements. Here's the thing, while this decision didn't happen overnight, the changes could immediately impact your team. Find out why many states, employers, and workers are at odds concerning this divisive issue and how your organization could strike while the iron is hot as the state unemployment benefits expire this summer. In this episode, we'll cover why some states want to end unemployment benefits early, why some people are hesitant to return to work, and how ending unemployment benefits could impact your organization, and how to make the most of this opportunity. Let's get started. More than half of all American states have decided to opt out of enhanced unemployment benefits offered by the federal government. A CNBC report indicated that more than 3.7 million Americans will no longer receive the $300 per week supplement, with some states suspending the benefit as early as June 12, 2021. Benefits were originally scheduled to end on September 6, 2021. Unemployment benefits were first implemented by the CARES Act in March 2020. When this expired, a smaller supplement was included in subsequent stimulus packages. Each benefit was designed to help Americans out of work due to the economic downturn caused by coronavirus shutdowns. In April 2020, the U.S. unemployment rate reached nearly 15 percent, the highest rate ever recorded. Things have changed since April 2020. The thinking behind the decision is simple. If unemployment benefits end early, more people will be encouraged to find jobs because they no longer have a steady income stream. On the other hand, a lot of American workers see the issue differently. According to an article in The Atlantic, some may still be concerned about the pandemic, particularly if they have pre-existing conditions that put them at a higher risk for infection, or if they're taking care of sick family members. Others might not be able to get the vaccine due to a pre-existing condition, and if vaccination rates are low in their area, they could be hesitant to take the risk, particularly if an employer decides not to make vaccination mandatory to return to work. For parents with youngsters at home, the issue is even more complex. In many cases, daycares and schools have yet to open. USA Today reported in May that national estimates suggest about 40% of child care programs will permanently close because they have not been able to sustain themselves through the pandemic. This worrying trend makes finding and paying for child care especially difficult. Another key factor for many workers is wages. The federal minimum wage remains $7.25, a rate that hasn't changed since 2009. Depending on the state where someone resides, collecting state and federal unemployment benefits is almost certainly more lucrative than a minimum wage income. In other words, it's entirely possible that people who received or are still receiving unemployment benefits are actually making more money by not working than if they were clocking in and out every day. But many of these workers argue that wage increases could incentivize them to rejoin the workforce, particularly if pay rates exceed unemployment insurance benefits. Here's the thing. As the HR party of one for your organization, there's not much you can do to impact the legislative decisions. But that doesn't mean you should sit idly by. Now is the time to strike while the iron is hot. There are tons of great candidates out there. If properly prepared, and if you're looking to add to your team, organizations can benefit from a hiring surge now that more than half of the states in the country plan to end enhanced unemployment benefits. Let's cover a few steps you might consider taking to attract these new hires. 
Number one, adjust your benefits package. Employees love great benefits. In a SHRM employee benchmark survey from a few years ago, 92% of employees surveyed said that employee benefits significantly impacted overall job satisfaction. Now, most benefit changes will likely take place as you prepare for open enrollment. That said, you can make certain adjustments to existing benefits that can make your organization more competitive for new talent. For example, in a past episode, we discussed how to audit your PTO policy. If you've found that your PTO benefit is overly complex, consider shifting it to an unlimited policy. It's an alternative option that applicants love. I've included a link to that episode in the description for your reference. Number two, conduct a full compensation study. Another recent survey conducted by The Balance found that only 55% of respondents were satisfied with what they earned. But before you immediately raise wages, you'll want to do a full compensation analysis across the organization, industry, and market. Compensation studies help employers take a fine-tooth comb through their current approach to employee pay. It also helps them identify where they stand in the industry among competitors. Basically, you'll need some hard data to back up the compensation that you offer. This includes investigating third-party salary data. We like using salary.com to identify, compare, and contrast the pay for your positions at your organization with others at companies in your area and industry. You may find that you're already paying employees up the appropriate amount, but you might also find that your competitors underpay certain positions in your area. Maybe you can use this to your advantage by making adjustments to your target compensation for the position to hire the best of the best in the region. To learn more about target compensation, check out the link to episode number 52 of HR Party of One in this episode's description. Number three, streamline your recruiting process. Organizations in need of workers should prepare for an influx of applicants by investing in HR technology. A great solution is an applicant tracking system, ATS. As a reminder, an ATS is an online platform that empowers HR professionals and hiring managers to streamline the recruiting process. The best ATS platforms are often paired with Human Resources Information Systems, HRIS, and have features that track job candidates from application to onboarding. All great ATS platforms include features such as job post creation, job post sharing. From the same system, users can share the newly created posts on various channels. Central candidate repository, all candidate information is found in one place, regardless of where they applied, via post on Indeed, the company website, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. Collaborative candidate review, when someone applies for a job, an ATS allows all relevant decision makers to easily collaborate when reviewing candidates. Applicant communication, Similarly, hiring managers can communicate directly with job applicants using the same system, keeping everything in-house. Job offering tools. Once a company has decided to offer a role to a candidate, they can extend an offer using the ATS. Onboarding. With built-in functionality, onboarding can begin as soon as a candidate accepts the new job, even before the first day. I can't stress enough how important it is to use an applicant tracking system in your recruiting process. It was a huge help for me when I took over the HR operations here at Bernie Portal, and I guarantee that adopting one of yours for your organization will save you time and headaches. Plus, you'll almost certainly have a better chance to land top talent. If you'd like to learn more about ATS platforms, 
feel free to check out our comprehensive resource on the topic, as well as a link to see Bernie Portal's ATS in action, both of which are found in the episode description. That's all for this episode. Please take a second to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notifications about the latest HR Party of One updates and new episodes. And remember that your job is as strategic as you make it.